For you, Chevara, she said with a faint smile as she carefully placed the file of mercurium into her small leather occultus. For you, I have a significant undertaking. You are to arrange for the elimination of this, this aberration, this rose of the white, and preferably before her full potentia emerges. Then join us at the Hydra Pass. Chevara's brow creased into a deep frown. But, my lady, the security at the oratory is extremely tight, and now, well, they will almost certainly have increased it. I don't see how. Elena held up her gloved hand, quieting his protest. You will find a way. Use the Aureus Circle. They have assassins and spies close to the oratory, do they not? Yes, my lady, but the Aureus Ophites, they are not to be trusted. Did you not only yesterday liken them to a nest of vipers? I did, and they are, but we have little choice. Either the white is returned to vapor immediately, or everything we have worked for is lost. You have to find a way to succeed, because if you do not, and I am successful, then you could find yourself facing the wrath of Lord Ka himself. Chevara opened his mouth to reply, but appearing to think better of it, he bowed his head curtly and turned to leave. Che, have you forgotten something? said Elona. I'm sorry, by your leave, my lady? No, not that, she said, motioning to the rat-sized hole at the base of the gate. You've forgotten to seal the tunnel. The puckus had burned out a small channel just below the gate. It was through here that he was able to enter Erebus to obtain the precious mercurium, without opening the gate and, more importantly, without releasing the djinn. Che and Tunekta struggled to lift the small, dense Galena stone slab with which they intended to cover the hole. Eventually, with much huffing and puffing, they managed to maneuver it awkwardly into position. Good, said Elona, inspecting the stability of their work with a kick of her boot. I would hate you two to be the bloods responsible for releasing the djinn. We are not quite ready for that yet. She removed her right glove and placed her palm down at the center of the Galena stone. Feromino, she said, casting the sealing spell. The dragon's eye on her potent's ring flared a fiery red, its hot pulsating light enveloping the stone and causing its veins of leaden ore to melt and bubble. The liquid metal flowed to the edges of the slab where it cooled and solidified, sealing the stone into place beneath the gate. Our work here is done, she said, putting on her glove and pulling her cloak tightly around her slim form. Go now, you know what you have to do. Che put his fingers into his mouth and whistled loudly. Three horses cantered out of the mist to join them. Elona grabbed the reins of her black stallion, swinging herself up effortlessly into the saddle. When they were mounted, they nodded a silent farewell to each other and left, each of them taking a different path down the mountainside. An eerie silence remained as they left the gate, and soon the dark crept in and smothered the mist. A faint snapping sound broke the silence. Tiny fractures appeared in the Galena stone. Quickly they multiplied, spreading to the edge of the rock until, with a deafening crack, it exploded with such force that it split the gate itself. A large fissure opened at the bottom of the gate, and from its center emerged a deep, ominous rumble which became increasingly louder, like the sound of an approaching storm. Then the stone gate began to shake. A small tremor rapidly grew into a violent quaking which, with a thunderous crack, ruptured the stone gate into two. Each half rolled slowly apart to reveal a deep black hole below a billowing cloud of acrid yellow smoke. The entrance to Erebus was open. 
As the smoke drifted out and began to thin, a dark form moved within it. The creature stepped out from the smoke and into the night air, like a man, but not a man, its body made of fire and yet not fire, as ice is made of water but is not water. His face was a grotesque, lipless skull, thinly covered with scaly red skin. He opened his two nostrils, simple holes in the center of his face, and he sniffed at the damp night air. Phlegon stood with an air of majesty in front of the gate, his long black hair carried in the light breeze and flowing out behind him like death's shadow. Two piercing dark eyes looked out over the moonlit mountainous panorama of Hydrogyrum. Then he lifted his head to the sky, opened his jaws, and let out a cry, a cry that liberated ten thousand years of pain. It was a cry that would strike fear into every inhabitant of the afterlands. It was the call of the djinn.